The following is offered by Discerning Hearts, a 501c3 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to spiritual formation through the use of new media. To download this selection, or to browse hundreds of other programs, or to contribute to our mission with a charitable donation which is fully tax-deductible, visit our website at discerninghearts.com. Welcome to Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study and our series on the Gospel of Luke. You can find us at seekingtruth.net. Please join us now for Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. Good morning, friends. This is Sharon Doran from seekingtruth.net. Thank you for joining me here at Discerning Hearts as we go through our study of Luke. We're just going to start today with Luke chapter 1 and work our way through this fabulous gospel of joy. And uh, these are my favorite chapters because he's the only one that recorded the infancy chapters of Jesus Christ, which means he's the one who captured Mary's story for us. So what is it about Mary? I mean, there is something about Mary. There's something about Mary because I remember back in October of 214 when National Geographic magazine put Mary right on the cover, this beautiful face of Mary. And the caption read, Mary, the most powerful woman in the world. Now, this is a secular magazine, and and it, it, it was just so beautiful. I bought all my kids a copy, Mary, the most powerful woman in the world. Then I noticed that Life magazine and their Life uh, magazine's classic edition, they put Mary on the front cover. And Time magazine uh, in, in March of 2005 had Hail Mary, a big picture of Mary on the front of Time magazine. And the caption there read, Catholics have long revered her, but now Protestants are finding their own reasons to celebrate the mother of Jesus. So friends, there's something about Mary. Publishers report that Mary sells magazines and books. People want to know Mary. She sells. Uh, Also, there are two billion Hail Marys prayed daily. Two billion Hail Marys are prayed every day. Uh, Why, friends, did six million people, even many non-Christians, visit Lourdes, France? just this year alone, to drink and bathe in the healing waters where Mary once appeared. Why, my friends, did 10 million people travel to Guadalupe to pray to Our Lady this year alone? Why are there more baby girls named after Mary than any other historical figure in all of history? There's something about Mary. Now, I wish I could show you this, friends, but I'm just going to have to describe it to you. One of my favorite Flemish artists uh, is the Roger van der Wieden. He died in June of 1464, but he painted some of the most beautiful paintings. And one that I like is he painted St. Luke painting Mary and Jesus. And so he has a little sketch pad in his hand and he has the face of Mary sketched out. And it's interesting because Roger van der Wieden puts his own face on the face of St. Luke, the painter. So Roger van der Wieden had a devotion to Mary and he puts his own face there in place of St. Luke. And if you notice, and most people don't know all the symbolisms of this painting, but if you go to the focal point of the painting, 
there is a man and woman standing looking out over this river and the river is endless <laughs> and it just goes off and vanishes into the the infinity of the painting really and that river is the river of life it was in the garden of eden it watered the tree of life at one time but here it, it, it's the water of baptism the river of life the holy spirit and the man and woman standing there looking out over the river of life into infinity are anna and Yoakum. By the power of the Holy Spirit, they will conceive a pure vessel, a new Eve full of grace that will be the pure vessel needed for the incarnation to happen, for Jesus Christ, God himself in the second person to dwell in the womb of woman and to take on that duality. He has the full God nature, but he's also going to have the full man nature, the human nature. And it's going to come from his mother, Mary. Van der Wieden shows Mary in an enclosed garden. Eve, on the other hand, was in an absolute open garden. But Mary in this painting is in an enclosed garden, in an enclosed space. <laughs> and that enclosed garden is referring to her virgin purity. A garden locked is my sister, my bride. A garden locked, a fountain sealed. That's from Song of Solomon's verse 412. That's Mary, my sister, my bride. She's a sister of Israel. She's the bride of Christ in the Marian church. She's locked, a garden locked, a fountain sealed, a fountain of the Holy Spirit. She's been impregnated by the power of the Holy Spirit, overshadowed and sealed. According to the prophet Ezekiel, only the messianic figure, who's Lord, priest, and king, only the Messiah could enter through the eastern gate of the temple. Hmm, she's a sealed gate, the closed gate of the temple. He says, then he brought me back to the outer gate of the sanctuary, which faces east, and it was shut. And he said to me, this gate shall remain shut. It shall not be opened, and no one shall try to enter by it. For the Lord, the God of Israel, has entered by it. Therefore, it shall remain shut. Only the prince may sit in it to eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by way of the vestibule, or the gate, and shall go out by the same way. <laughs> the Catholic Church teaches friends that the Blessed Virgin Mary is perpetually a virgin. She's a closed gate. She did not have relations with Joseph after the birth of Christ. In accordance with the prophecy of Ezekiel, no man shall enter by it, for the Lord, the God of Israel, has entered by it. Therefore, the gate shall remain shut. God the Holy Spirit entered creation through her womb, her sacred holy womb. It was made holy in this profound mystery. The prince who is Jesus sits in it to eat bread before the Lord. Christ Jesus was nourished in the darkness of Mary's womb. Her own DNA contributed to his human nature. Jesus Christ gained from his mother Mary the flesh and blood that he would offer on the cross to his father. And it'll be the perfect offering. And the father will receive it and say, he's well pleased with his beloved son. Only the prince may sit in it to eat bread before the Lord. 
He shall enter by way of the vestibule of the gate and shall go out by the same way. Jesus exited that gate to make a gateway back to the Father. Mary's right at the foot of the cross with him. He comes in, he goes out. That Prince of Peace comes in through Mary in Bethlehem, which is called the house of bread, to bring us the bread for the life of the world, the um, the medicine of angels, the, the medicine of immortality. And he will go out to make that gateway with Mary right at the foot of the cross, always pointing ahead to the supernatural bread of the Holy Eucharist, which is his own flesh and blood derived from her own DNA. Ah, it's just so much to ponder as she must have time and time again. He makes reference uh, to Genesis 28. I think I've always felt this spiritual sense in this scripture. Uh, that's the story where Jacob is lying there at Bethel. He has a dream that night. He dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached up to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on this ladder. It's what he says to Nathaniel in John chapter 1 when he calls Nathaniel, who's also Bartholomew. He's, he says, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? Well, you're going to see greater things than these. And he said to Nathaniel, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Oh my goodness. Oh, what great things they would see. That is the fulfillment of Genesis 28. Jesus came through Mary's sealed gateway. He will go back up the same way, her at the foot of the cross, and back up making that gateway back to the Father, opening that for us who had lost it since the fall of mankind. Jesus came down through Mary that we might go back up the ladder When Jacob awoke from the dream, he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid. And he said, How awesome is this place, because this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gateway of heaven. Blessed John Henry Newman tells us that this title, The Gate of Heaven, is given to Mary, because it was through her that our Lord passed from heaven to earth. Hmm. Such a great thing to ponder. If you go to St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, you're going to see way at the back of the church, behind the beautiful altar that Bernini designed, you'll see the chair of Peter. And it's being hoisted up to the Lord by doctors of the church, two from the west, two from the east. And they're hoisting up the chair of Peter. and, And the Holy Spirit is overseeing everything. Those doctorates that hold it are St. Ambrose and St. Augustine from the West, St. Anastasius and St. John Chrysostom from the East. Now, when we look at uh, Ezekiel 44 in that sealed gate, I want to tell you what one of those brilliant church doctors wrote from this Ezekiel 44 verse, and it's St. Ambrose. Let's start with what St. Ambrose said from the West. Who is the gate in Ezekiel 44 if it's not Mary? It is the gate not closed because she is a virgin. Mary is the gate through which Christ entered the world. And when he was brought forth in the virginal birth, and the manner of his birth did not break the seals of virginity. That's written by St. Ambrose of Milan in 390 AD. St. Augustine said this, It's written in Ezekiel 44, This gate shall be shut. 
it shall not be opened, and no man shall pass through it, because the Lord, the God of Israel, hath entered by it. What means this, that this gate is closed in the house of the Lord, except that Mary is to be ever inviolate? What does it mean that no man shall pass through it, save that Joseph shall not know her? And what is this? The Lord alone enters in and goeth out, by except that the Holy Ghost shall impregnate her, and that the Lord of angels shall be born of her. And what does it mean that it shall be shut forevermore, but that Mary is a virgin before his birth, a virgin in his birth, and a virgin after his birth. St. Augustine, 430 A.D. These early church fathers knew. They interpreted Ezekiel 44, that Mary was the gate. We'll return to Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran in just a moment. Hello, friends. Please take a look at SeekingTruth.net and find out how you can join as an individual online learner. Sharon's lectures are presented in a rich media format with audio, video, and an abundance of beautiful images which draw you into a deeper understanding of God's Word. In addition, part of the Seeking Truth mission is to build parish life through the communal study of God's Word. To encourage parishes to begin a Bible study, Seeking Truth offers its curriculum free of charge for parishes hosting a class. Please visit us at SeekingTruth.net where you can register to bring Seeking Truth to your own local parish. And now, back to Seeking Truth with Sharon Dorn. The Memorari Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. We now return to Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. We know the gates of heaven had been closed by sin. God had put seraphim angels to guard the gate of the garden when Adam and Eve were banished in his greatest mercy. He does this. He knows they have mortal sin on their soul. He knows they are eternally separated from him. He knows if they get back in the garden and eat from the tree of life, they will live how long? Forever. 
they would have lived forever with sin on their soul separated from him. So in his greatest mercy, he shuts the gate and guards it with seraphim angels so they can't eat from the tree of life and live forever separated from him. It's such great mercy. But the love of Jesus is going to make the perfect sacrifice, the perfect offering back to the Father. He's going to be victim and the high priest, the final high priest that offers this back to the Father, the perfect sacrifice and perfect obedience. And Mary is going to be with him every step of the way. His sacred heart and her immaculate heart are bound as one to... to cooperate in salvation for the world, to open those gates of heaven back to the Father. So the church still is and always will be the way that Jesus established for us to get to heaven. Jesus came down through Mary that we might go back up. There are paintings of people climbing the ladder to heaven back up to the Father. The gateway's been opened. There's a way back. In the spiritual life, my friends, we climb the ladder step by step by step, one rung at a time. Sometimes we climb up a step and then we fall back down two steps. (laughs) And then we climb up another step, another rung of the ladder. For a long time, we're on that rung then we climb another rung. Then we might fall back a rung. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I just want you to know that it's a tough climb, but he's there for us. And the angels are there and Mary is there and the saints are there. They're all cheering us on like in Hebrews 11, that great hall of fame that wants us to get back to the Father Because, oh, what a joyful, joyful, joyful time it is when we get to enter the kingdom of heaven. And they're there for us. And the spiritual life is a difficult climb. I'm so glad you're listening today. It's just one step at a time. One step at a time. One step at a time. So be patient with yourself as God is patient with you. But Jesus came down through Mary that we might climb the ladder back up to him one wrong at a time. Okay, so we're talking about the virgin's purity, that she's a garden locked, my sister, my bride, a garden locked, a fountain sealed, a closed gate. I want to tell you another title that the early church already knew about Mary, that Mary is the new Eve. And we'll see paintings of Mary and Eve standing together, and Eve has her face down and she's ashamed and she has an apple with a bite out of it. And Mary is just looking so lovingly at her. And Mary has the fruit of life in her womb. And that's going to be Jesus. And there's going to be a new tree of life to eat from. It's not an apple. It's the tree of life that he hung on for us, the cross. And what he's going to feed us, the fruit of this tree is himself, 
He's going to give us his own flesh in Ezekiel and in Revelation. It says that that this is a tree of the healing of the nations and the leaves are are, are what we're going to eat. And, and this tree is perpetually in bloom 12 months out of the year. There's, there's always fruit on this tree. This tree is Jesus Christ. It's the bread of life for our healing. In this painting, Eve is tangled up with the snake around her feet. But yet Mary, who's standing next to her, the new Eve, has her foot on the head of the serpent, and she's crushing it. That's a beautiful image. The church knew that Mary was the new Eve. Another image that helps us marry the entire of knots, because Eve, with her disobedience, had tied up some knots, and Mary is going to untie and undo all those knots of disobedience because she's perfectly obedient to the plan of the Father. Sometimes your kid might come to you, your little one, with a tennis shoe full of knots. Mama, can you untie the knots? And you say, sure, baby. (laughs) Sure, baby, let me get a fork. Uh, Mary is the one, the mama, that untied all the knots of Eve for us. She cooperated perfectly with the plan of the Father. Be it done unto me according to your word. I am a handmaiden of the Lord. I am a servant of the Lord. And for this, all generations to this day still call her blessed, which we'll talk about. But only after the fall does Adam name the woman Eve. Now that's very interesting to me. You have to pay close attention to the details of scripture. But before the fall, he was man and she was woman. (laughs) She was taken from man. Neither of them had names. If you look in the scriptures, neither of them had names before the fall. Man and woman is what they were called. But after the fall, it is God who will name Adam. God says, And to you, Adam, God said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree, which I commanded you, you shall not eat it. Cursed is the ground because of you in toil. You shall eat of it all the days of your life. Okay, this is super important because God says to Adam that it's because he's listened to the voice of his wife. Eve was not even created when Adam was given the order not to eat from that tree. It's back in Genesis 2. Adam, the man, should have told the woman. She was not even created yet. The curse to the woman, to the woman God said, I'm going to greatly multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Oh my goodness quite a curse to woman. Really, the bearing in childbirth, childbearing in pain isn't as bad as the second part of that, that your desire will be for your husband, but he's going to rule over you. Oh my goodness, with the fall of mankind, everything is topsy-turvy. Because my friends, you see, before that, man and woman were equal. They were equal. Some argue that Eve could have been higher. She's the climax of all created beings. But madam, ma- man and woman were equal. If you look at a scale, they're equal. But after this, after this curse, after this curse, man is going to rule over woman. 
oh my, her desire will be for him, but he's going to have dominion over her. It's the one that has dominion over you that can name you. <laughs> In the garden, friends, all the animals were named by Adam because God gave him that right, because God said he's the king of creation and you have dominion over the animals. You give them their names. Now after the fall, God, who has dominion over Adam, is naming God, <laughs> is naming Adam, excuse me. Adam is being named by God. God who has dominion over Adam is naming him. And Adam, who has dominion now over Eve in a fallen state, is naming her. And the curse is that they're no longer equals, but man is over woman. Your desire is going to be for your husband, but he's going to rule over you. He has dominion over you, and he can name you, and he names you Eve. And the man called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. Oh, my. That's, that's quite a mystery and quite important to know that Adam and Eve now have names. Now, Justin Martyr, Justin Martyr, he was born in 100 100 AD. He died in 165. He was 65 when he died. He's from Lyon. And he said this, what is joined together could not otherwise be put asunder than by inversion of the process by which these bonds of union had arisen, so that the former ties be canceled by the latter. It was that the knot of Eve's disobedience was loosened by the obedience of Mary. For what the Virgin Eve had bound fast through unbelief. This did the Virgin Mary set free through faith. So way back, way back, Irenaeus had figured out that Mary's the new Eve. Angels had whispered into both of their ears, Lucifer, the angel of light, the light bearing, the highest, highest seraphim angel that God created, whispered into the ear of Eve, you can't trust God. Another angel, Gabriel, whispers into the new Eve's ear at the moment of the Annunciation. And, and he says, do not be afraid, Mary. And Mary knows. She knows her scripture. She knows in Psalm 56, it says, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in God. So Mary will trust God. She knows God to be a loving father. Eve is tricked. You can't trust God. Mary knows I will trust God. Tertullian in the second uh, and third century, this is what he writes. For it was while Eve was yet a virgin that the ensnaring word had crept into her ear, which was to build the edifice of death. Into a virgin's soul in like manner must be introduced the word of God, which was to raise the fabric of life, so that what had been reduced to ruin by this sex might by the same sex, be recovered to salvation. As Eve had believed the serpent, so Mary believed the angel, the delinquency which the one occasioned by believing the other by believing effaced. That's Tertullian's writing on the new Eve. St. Gregory, the wonder worker of the third century, he says this, When I remember the disobedience of Eve, I weep. But when I view the fruit of Mary... I am again renewed, deathless by descent, invisible through beauty, before the ages, light of light, of God the Father was thou begotten, 
being Word and Son of God, thou didst take on flesh from Mary, virgin, in order that thou mightest renew a fresh Adam fashioned by thy holy hand. And how about St. Ephraim of the 4th century? I love Ephraim. When the body that was from the virgin entered Sheol and plundered its storehouses and emptied its treasures, he came then to Eve, the mother of all the living. This is the vine whose fence death laid open by her own hands and caused her to taste of the fruits. Eve, the mother of all living, became the wellspring of death to all living, but Mary budded forth a new shoot from Eve, the ancient vine. Let women praise her, the pure Mary, that as in Eve their mother, great was their reproach, lo, in Mary their sister, great magnified was their honor of him. Lucifer, the Lord said that he had fallen from heaven, the abhorred one had exalted himself, from his uplifting he has fallen. The foot of Mary has trod him down, who bruised Eve with his heel. Ah, (laughs) and St. Jerome, finally, St. Jerome from the 4th century said, Death came through Eve, but life has come through Mary. My friends, (laughs) that's just a little taste of the early church fathers. They knew that Mary was the new Eve. They saw the connections in scripture. No, there's not a verse for it. You have to take the entirety, the canon. You have to look at this in a canonical way. You have to understand. You have to read through the lenses of Jesus Christ. You have to look at the hermeneutic of faith through Jesus. Has this been revealed? And the early fathers figured it out very quickly. We'll have more next time. Stay tuned for the infancy narratives. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study. For more information, please go to seekingtruth.net.